Uh, so this morning I want to share some thoughts uh, around probably the area or that has made the biggest impact in my life over the last few years. You're not meant to cry right at the start, are you? Uh, it's been painful, but a freeing experience, but I'm right in the middle of it. I've never hung on to something like this before. So uh, what I've seen is that patterns uh, in my own behavior are linked to unhealthy core beliefs that I have believed for years. Uh, this means that I've adapted my behavior. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, and I've used this example, but just to help. Um, so when I make a mistake, I used to make mistakes, or I do make mistakes, but in the past when I made mistakes, I would say this to myself, oh, I'm so stupid. And uh, the problem was I said that over myself. Therefore, I believed I was stupid. Here's the other problem with that. When somebody else around me made a mistake, I projected my core beliefs onto them. So they become stupid in my eyes because of my belief. Interestingly, you know, uh, we grow up, we're praying for our children this morning that we will train them in the way they should go, as Proverbs says. Unfortunately, as parents and my parents, actually my mum used to say that a lot when she made a mistake. So unwittingly, and she wouldn't have intended this, but she trained me to believe that I was stupid when I made a mistake. And um, I think that this is the most debilitating, or can be the most debilitating area of our life. What we believe intrinsically about ourselves when we make mistakes will be different for each of us. So maybe just think for a moment. If you can, just to take a moment to think, what, what do you say to yourself when you make a mistake? I used to love Ruth's response when one of the kids broke a plate or a cup washing up. She, said, she used to say, oh, it's just an accident. It's okay. Whereas I'd think, you're so stupid. It won't be the same for you. You'll think other things, potentially. And um, ultimately, I think this is a big problem for us in the world and as Christians because we end up not really liking ourselves very much to the point sometimes that we hate ourselves. 
And I think self-hatred amongst our community is rife. I think it's rife in the church too. I think it constrains us, it restricts us because we then project onto other people what we intrinsically believe about ourselves. And we think other people are thinking those things about us. So we live trapped and unfree and not full in the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm on a journey of <laughs> breaking some of my core beliefs. All right. I no longer think I'm stupid, which is brilliant because it means I no longer think you are stupid. <laughs> it's absolutely true. That it's really good. Yeah? It's, uh, it's really freeing. Yeah? So it means I am free to make mistakes, and so are you. Uh, it's absolutely freeing. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, As a man thinks, so is he. What you think about yourself will become true. And you will think as well that other people think the same things about you. That's brilliant if you think I love myself. I'm amazing. But if you don't love yourself... And what did Jesus say? It's great. <laughs> Love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, there's no chance you're going to love your neighbor well. <laughs> so I'm finding out at 50 years old, some of the things I absolutely believed... <laughs> at my core, are needing to be undone. I'm 50 years old, and it's taken me ages. Please don't wait till 50. Please don't wait. It's constrained me. Ruth and I went for an MOT the other day, a health MOT. I didn't want to go. Do you know why? Red wine and chocolate. No, we lied about how much alcohol we drank. <laughs> um, I knew I'm too fat. <laughs> it's taken me eight months to go and book myself in the end to face the reality of what I knew but didn't really want to face. My blood sugars are fine, my blood pressure, my heart rate, my resting heart rate is 51, which is like incredibly, it's like I'm, I should be really fit, but they changed the I to A, and I'm really fat. And, um, and, that's the truth. I need to lose two stone in weight. 
And, um, and I had to face it. Just like we have to face the reality of what we deeply, deeply believe. You see, I, I've sat, I've preached sermons, I've read the Bible, I've read loads of books that, that tell me I'm loved, I'm accepted. But my core belief until a few weeks ago or months ago was that I'm stupid. That's one of my core beliefs. And I'm going to tell you the rest. And I've got one or two others that I know are in there that God is dealing with. So, you know, Proverbs again says, Proverbs 18, I think it is, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Many words spoken over us, spoken to us by different people, teachers, mums, dads, people we respect, can have a real impact on what we believe about ourselves. You know, that's why when uh, baptisms occur here or when dedications of children, we want to speak words of life and encouragement and prophetic words over them, calling them to be who they're called to be in God. We want to call these things out in people, in our children. I love the fact that we're training them to listen to God for themselves. I love it, what Barbara's doing and, um, and the team are doing. That they, <laughs> Barbara's really clear that those of you, this might freak you out, this might reduce your team, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> you can't teach our children if you're not living it you have to hear from God and come with something you can't do that you can't teach our children you can tell them Bible stories we can show them Bible stories on a video we don't need you to tell them Bible stories we need you to hear from God and to impart from them from your life experience and you're listening to Jesus every day. Because that's what's going to change their life and you're going to bring them life. I've got long eight minutes. So, um, what do we do when we believe the wrong things? just going to give you some examples probably from my own experience we have <clears throat> but maybe you can just um, it's generally because we don't feel in control so we do certain things to bring back control to us what we do is we uh, as I said project our beliefs onto others make them in imagine what they're thinking about us we avoid people we build walls we wear masks we pretend we deflect we agree when we don't agree to avoid being real about what we feel I'll say that again. We agree when we don't agree 
So we avoid being real about what we feel. Jesus was really real about what he felt. He exploded on occasions. Get, me, get behind me, Satan. He picked up a rope and he went after the tax collector. He was in touch and free with his emotions and able to express them and wasn't worried what people thought about him. He was in touch with his emotions and he expressed them. He said to Peter, get, be, get thee behind me, Satan. We need to be free to be in touch with our emotions. This week, at lunchtime, I walked down the street. I was going to do something, pay a bill. There's an old man lying in a doorway, feet out into the pavement, head slumped to the side, cigarette. I'm in the middle of the day, boiling hot, people walking over his legs. I went to speak to him. He was, I just couldn't tell what he was saying. Are you all right? Phoned the police. They said, you better phone an ambulance. Phoned an ambulance. And uh, as I'm walking, uh, as I'm standing there trying to help this guy, with loads of people walking past. This girl walks past and said, he's just taken legal high. I don't even know what legal high is. Apparently, its street name is Spice. And um, I don't know, he was about 70 years old. He was like my granddad. And people walked past him and just left him. I, could, I couldn't leave him. We need to be free to be in touch with our emotions and respond to what the Holy Spirit, even when other people are walking past and stepping over things. To respond to who we, who God's called us to be. To be free to be who we are. We get addicted to things. Am I losing it? We get addicted to things. I don't know about your addictions. Over the years, mine have been to um, uh, sport things. Computer games. You know, I, I still feel the pressure in certain areas and sometimes I feel myself being sucked back into something that I know I just can control for a short space of time that gets me away from what I'm feeling at that moment. Yours will be different. Look at Jesus' response to the people who thought nothing of themselves. He goes and seeks them out, doesn't he? And I think that's what he's done to me. He went to the woman at the well who thought she was nothing. And he sat with her and wanted a drink for her. Just wanted a drink together. When she thought she was nothing and nobody wanted to be with her. The man of 38 years who just given up basically by the pool, got stuck. Jesus said, do you want to be well? He said, I can't get into the pool. He didn't even answer the question. He was stuck in his core belief that nobody was going to help him. He didn't even respond to the question simply. 
Romans 12, 2, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think this is, we need to face what we really think about what we really believe about ourselves. So in the last couple of minutes, just going to share what I do. Now, I notice my addictions. I notice when I want to control something. I'm noticing what I really believe is going on inside me. And I'm learning to bring it to the cross and lay it down deliberately. Most mornings, that's my practice to bring what I'm struggling with very much internally to the cross and I lay it down and I ask Jesus what I need to pick up. In Ephesians 1, Paul writes and he says, you're accepted. You're accepted (laughs) with all your wrong core beliefs, with all your addictions, with all your failures. Sim, you're, you're accepted just as you are. I don't have to change. He just loves me. I love Jesus' response to the thief on the cross who just says to him, or says to the other thief, oh, oh, he's done nothing wrong, leave him alone. Lord, remember me. And Jesus says, remember you. I made you. I can't believe you're here next to me. You've glanced at me, and all it takes is that glance, and you're coming with me into paradise. He didn't confess his sin or do anything. He just glanced at him. He glanced at Jesus. So please, please remember me. That's all it takes. It's a glance at Jesus. And I'm glancing at him. And he's telling me I'm accepted. And as Ashley's song said, I'm on, I'm on a journey. We're on a journey. We're on a journey into understanding how much he loves us. And how much he accepts us. And how much he wants to give us fullness of life. And free us from the lies of the enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10 10 says. And he wants to give us fullness of life. But until we're protect, we're ready to go into the MOT bay and face that we're fat. I'm fat. I'll try and cover it with my clothes. 
Until we're ready to do that, we'll live with our core beliefs and our coping mechanisms, which is the building of the walls, the addictions, the way we control. But we've got to glance at Jesus. So we're just going to take a moment as we finish to glance at him and respond in our own hearts to what he's highlighting in us. Because the Holy Spirit is at work just highlighting what's going on in each of us. And it'll be different. But let's just do that. Let's just take a moment. Let's bow our heads as the band comes.